listen. What do you hear? Do you hear anything that you wouldn't hear otherwise? Did you hear a, a booming voice coming out of the clouds, rolling like thunder, or a whisper from the heavens? Maybe you did. Probably, though, you didn't. But you did see some things. You saw the light coming in through our beautiful stained glass windows here, the lovely pipe organ, the people around you, maybe even the preacher up front here. We tend to think that seeing is believing, and so when we worship, we surround ourselves with things that help us to believe through seeing. But maybe seeing isn't always what we think it is. Maybe believing is seeing and listening in ways that we had never expected to be seeing and believing. Would you pray with me, please? God of light, God of sound, God of everlasting grace, we thank you for this morning when we are alive in the living presence of a God who loves us, who has created us, and who wants to bring us all good things. Help us to listen to things in our heart from you that we have never heard before, to see things in your world that we have never seen before, if we can only see through faith. And so may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, either through us or in spite of us. Speak to us, that people, we pray. Amen. For me, and I hope for you, it is a joy to worship in this place. It is so beautiful. And when I come in during the week, I love being surrounded by these images of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as I pray for you and for my ministries here in Meriden and in God's world. And the pictures of Jesus in this place, they remind me of how much God wants to reach out to us and give us answers to our deepest longings. When we say that God is alive, Jesus Christ is our blessed assurance from God that God is alive, that God has walked among us and has spoken to us and has healed us, and that God died for us and rose from the dead for us. Amen? Amen. And God continues to speak through God's Holy Spirit and through the magnificence of God's creation. And that's the real reason that I love this place. Not only do I see God in this place, my heart can hear God in this place. Even with all of this help from God, though, it's not always easy for us to see God's will for us, is it? We get that God watches over us in the big picture of life and over all of creation that Jesus loves us, but do we really see it? Why can't God help us to see the way forward better when we really pray for it? We know that God is always speaking to us. We know that God is always trying to answer us. 
But why is it so hard for us to see what God wants us to do? I actually took a day off recently, and I used it to go watch a movie called First Man at a theater. And First Man tells the story of Neil Armstrong, the first person to set foot on the moon back in July of 1969. The movie is very different from many space movies these, space movie these days about space travel. The movie focuses mostly on how Armstrong had to overcome great losses and great defeats, become that first person on the moon. He and his wife Janet lost their daughter Karen to brain cancer when she was very young. This tragic loss came as Neil was struggling as a test pilot for the X-15, a, a rocket plane that could fly close to the edge of space. Defeat and loss were all around him on the way to the moon. His good friends died in a test of the Apollo 1 spacecraft while it was still on the rocket launch pad. And he lost control of the Gemini 8 spacecraft after it docked with a rocket in Earth orbit. And then he almost died when he crashed in a test of moon landings in the American desert. But in spite of these tragedies and failures, this very quiet man was told one day that he would be the first person on the moon. And by God's grace, he was. Did God make Neil Armstrong aware that this would be possible when his daughter, Karen, died? Did God reveal to him that he'd rise above his many obstacles and setbacks to be the first person to set foot on the moon? Not as far as we know. Sometimes we don't see God's will and God's answers to our prayers. But it seems that God did have a question for Neil Armstrong to answer. Are you willing to keep trusting in me to find the answers? Sometimes, listening to God's questions for us when we're ready to hear them might be the answer to understanding God's will for us when we're not yet ready to hear or to see God's answers. We don't give listening much time these days, it seems. We expect to see answers instantly on a TV, a computer, a phone screen, or from a computer voice that's ready to tell us what we want to know. When have you really listened lately to anything or anyone, much less God? When have you listened not to hear what you want to hear, but just to listen? When have you listened to someone just for the sake of listening, saying nothing except maybe, thank you? When have you walked down a road with no distractions and listened to what the world around you sounded like? We can hear amazing answers to questions that we never even thought of asking when we listen like this. Maybe we don't see God's will because we've given up on listening for things that God wants us to hear. And maybe, just maybe, 
We don't want to listen for what God wants to say because we're afraid of what God might actually say. The story of our friend Job in the Hebrew Bible reaches a climax today. For many days, Job sat in ashes, dressed only in rough cloth, giving grief for the loss of his family, his wealth, and his health. His friends could offer Job no consolation, no answers to Job's questions for God. Job was talking, but not really listening for God. Job saw nothing. And he assumed that God was not there to see. And then, finally, God spoke to Job. But when God spoke, Job was not ready at all for what God had to say to him. You see, God spoke to Job, not to answer Job's questions, but to ask Job questions. The living God, the God who Job had so much faith in, the God who Job longed to hear, spoke to Job at last, not to let Job hear what he wanted to hear, but to help Job understand just who it was that Job wanted to hear from. Where were you, God asked Job, when I laid down the foundations of the earth? Can you Issue an order to the thundercloud so that abundant waters cover you. God, creator of all things, including life itself, wanted Job to answer fundamental questions that we have in our hearts. Who are you in relation to God? Are you someone who really wants to hear from God? Do you want God for God's sake, or do you just want what you want from God. Why is it so hard for us to see God's will for it sometimes? Maybe because we make it hard for us to hear God's questions to us about how we have to put our will, always wanting to put our will above God's will. And maybe, just maybe, we know that we'll have to admit to God how little we have prepared to answer God's questions about our will. God wants us to see God's will. God wants us to see clearly God's loving will for us. But first, we need to be ready to listen to God's questions for us. Ready to put aside the things that keep us from being in a right relationship with the God who wants to guide us, to care for us, and to lead us forward in hope. One day, Mark's Gospel tells us, Jesus and his followers were passing through the ancient city of Jericho, east of Jerusalem. And there was a blind man there named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. And Bartimaeus could not see anybody, and he could not see God, just as Job could not see God, God as he waited. Like Job, Bartimaeus had lost everything except the coat on his back. Like Job, Bartimaeus wanted to see God's deliverance, but he could not. Bartimaeus could only listen and wait. And then, suddenly, 
He heard the crowds following Jesus, calling out the name of Jesus, excited that Jesus had come to see him. And he knew who Jesus was. He was the son of David, God's hope from Israel, for all the world. Even for him, a man who is considered hardly a man by anyone, much less the people of Israel. And from this place of complete humility, Bartimaeus threw off his coat and rushed over to say to Jesus, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus did what Job could not and would not do. Humbly, Bartimaeus reached out for God who he could not see, but who he trusted would hear his cry for mercy, not justification, for forgiveness and healing, not vindication. To be known by God, not to know what God knows. Bartimaeus waited for Jesus to respond, and Jesus, the Son of God, asked Bartimaeus a question. What do you want me to do? And Bartimaeus answered Jesus, Teacher, I want to see. Bartimaeus didn't want just eyesight. He wanted to see the will of God standing in front of him in the flesh, Jesus Christ. And so Jesus healed this blind man who had prayed to God, heard God's call from Jesus, and responded to God's question for him humbly. And like a student learning from a loved and respected teacher, obediently. We would all like to know God's will for us. We should all seek God's will for us. And the answers to our question of what God's will for us might be will come in response to God's questions to us. How much God asks us every day, do you want to walk with me every day? To see how my answers are taking shape. How much do you want to become part of my answers to prayers for yourself and others? How much, God asks, are you willing to say to the God of all who you want answers from, thank you for being in the story of God's answers. Listen to God's answers. Come again and again. And then see what God is doing for you and for all of God's work. Amen. Amen. It's time now for the prayers of the people. The time when we lift up our joys and concerns. I encourage you, as always, bring your bulletin home. Look at who is listed there. Who is grieving? Who is still in trouble? Who is in rehabilitation through physical or other needs? And who is serving with dignity in our armed services for the sake of peace and justice? This week, our prayers are with our brothers and sisters 
in the Pennsylvania Synagogue in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, Eleven people slaughtered simply because they were sitting there worshiping. We pray for Irene Peterson at Masonic Home, who's struggling right now. And we pray for a nation who needs to feel the love of Christ in their hearts and to stand up for that love this day and every single day. We pray also for people in our community. Prayers for my family in heaven and on earth. Thank you. That sounds like a good prayer to Job. Could have used and that we could use every day. Would you pray with me, please? God of creation. God of salvation, God of transformation. Humbly we sit here today, O Lord. We seek to see your holy way. We know that we have to listen to you in our hearts to see it. And forgive us, O Lord, for sometimes stumbling and devoting ourselves to your holy will. Forgive us, O Lord, for not seeing all the possibilities for healing and hope that you provided in each and every life here today. We can be touched by your grace and instruments of your grace. Help us to be anointed in your Holy Spirit to be just that, be Christ in the world for the world. Touch all those people who need healing. Embrace all hearts who are grieving. And illuminate every path that will lead to good and holy things. And unite us as a community, as a nation, and as a people on earth towards the peace and justice that you have promised us in Christ. And all of these things we pray for in the blessed name of Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We are blessed by a loving, giving, almighty God, who embraces us and encourages us to grow in God's love and to represent our willingness to let this church grow in God's love. We now present our tithes and offerings to the honor and glory of God's work in this place.